Today's I'm glad this was the last night episode of the Bill Simmons podcast brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Finding key players for your team can be challenging. Just ask the Patriots. Would have been nice to have a deep threat this season. Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, well, he could relate. Needed to hire a director of coffee, posted his job on ZipRecruiter, found the best person for the role in just a few days. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. I want to tell you about two pods that I have coming this week. One is the Rewatchables with Quentin Tarantino, who won a Golden Globe tonight, and Chris Ryan, the second of the Tarantino trilogy on the Rewatchables we did Unstoppable, Tony Scott's last film. There's a lot of reasons for this. We dive into all of them on the pod. That's going up late Wednesday night. And then the Book of Basketball is coming back this week. Steve Nash. We're going to be talking about Game 4, 2007, Sun Spurs. This is probably, this is one of my top two favorite Book of Basketball podcasts so far. That's going to be going up late Monday night. It's really good. So there you go. Check out all the stuff on TheRinger.com where we broke down football, the Golden Globes, and a whole bunch of other stuff, as well as two, we had Ringer podcasts about on the uh, Ringer Dish feed and the Big Picture feed, breaking down the Golden Globes. Nobody takes the Golden Globes seriously, but it's such a fun night. I think that's why it's fun to do content about it. But it would be the equivalent of like if the NBA had an award show and the MVP went to like Bogdan Bogdanovich and you'd be like, oh, that's cool. I'm happy for Bogdan. Um, the Golden Globes are drunk, but uh, it's always a fun night. It's fun to see all the stars together. So there you go. Coming up, Cousin Sal and I are going to break down round one of the NFL playoffs and play guest the line for... Uh, round two, as well as an epic parent corner. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Cousin Sal's on the line. Uh, neither of us won a Golden Globe tonight. It's too bad. <laughs> Rocket Man, so we're taping this. It's like seven o'clock on Sunday night, West Coast time. Rocket Man somehow has two Golden Globes. They even, have two. Yeah, even my, even my son didn't like Rocket Man. He's basically the target audience. <laughs> so we have a big football weekend to discuss. Uh, I don't want to start with about the Rocket Man. I'd rather just talk about <laughs> Rocket Man. <laughs> let's start with Saints Vikings. Let's go. All right, there. I could see why you'd want to start with that. Yeah, let's go there. Let's go there because that two other games, yeah, that uh, that blew up a lot of parlays. It blew up a lot of teases. It blew up the playoff picture. It made the path for the 49ers suddenly look a hell of a lot easier. And yep. I did you do the Niners? I did the Niners four to one right before the playoffs. Did you do that or I, no? I did Niners Chiefs for a Super Bowl. Yeah, but yes, forty. Uh, but Saints was the biggest favorite, and like like you said, a lot of people had it on a teaser or money line parlay, including so, me. Let's start here. The Saints have had five really, really dumbfounding, terrible playoff losses this decade since they won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But the irony is they won the Super Bowl. So Breeze and Peyton, they kind of have the permanent immunity pass. Right. But if you're just judging them by the past 10 years, 
they've blown games in every conceivable way. I actually shot. So 2011, that was when they were 10 point favorites against Seahawks. Hasselbeck threw four TDs, beast mode, the whole thing. One of the biggest upsets uh, of this century in the playoffs. The next year was the one when the Niners, they were three point three and a half point favorites over the Niners. They took the lead, remember? And then Alex Smith came down. Yes. Go ahead, touchdown to Vernon Davis in the last 97 seconds of the game. They got mm -hmm. the ball back. So that was awful. Then in 2018, the Diggs Miracle TD, which is really probably the worst loss of this decade, all things considered, other yeah. than Seahawks bats. Then last year, that Rams game, which everybody blames the terrible non-pass interference call, but they also blew that game 19 different ways. And, and then, then what today. we had, what we had today, eight point favorites against Kirk Cousins at home, and they don't take care of business. Why do we consider? Why do we continue to say that Sean Payton is such a great coach? Let's start there. Well, I, yeah, I mean to crystallize what you just said: three playoff losses on the last play of the game, the last three playoff losses, and their last six playoff losses were one score. Yeah, um, and Sean Payton, I feel, come to Dallas. This this sounds perfect. <laughs> It sounds like a perfect fit. push him out. What are we waiting for? Just do it. I joke that the loser of this game, Vikings Saints, the coach should come to Dallas anyway. You know, Coach Zimmer started there too. But um, yeah, and I was also thinking the other way, like if they don't win against Peyton, if they didn't win against the Colts in that onside kick Super Bowl, this is this is the most tortured fan base. I know you have losing teams yeah. for decades and decades, but every loss like this, th this would be a number one at the top. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, it just you, you watch a few minutes and you're like, okay, this is uh, this is all of a sudden this is just two good teams and the Vikings have the better uh, rushing attack. So yeah, and Aikman clearly had ideas because mm -hmm. he you could always tell the announcers the confidence they have and the people they talk to the day before the game, today's for the game. Yeah, and about halfway through the quarter, he's like, Mike Zimmer, he thinks they can win this game. Right. Every all 53 guys think they're winning, and it was one of those things where. If you were like us and you had the Saints in a in a tease, you're like, uh oh, oh, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't counting that. But back and to speaking, the speaking of Aikman, like, uh, and I love Aikman, but not a great Aikman moment when he's Taysom Hill is taking the snap and he's like, uh, any play without Drew Brees on the field is not a good play offensively for the Saints. And Taysom Hill throws the 48 yard completion to the three, and then everyone's like. Then Brees fumbles and he throws the pick before the half. You're like, I don't maybe Teddy Two Gloves should come in or or a little more Taysom Hill. What are we doing here? Yeah, Taysom Hill was in the running for best quarterback we watched this weekend. Yes, for sure. He was really good. And and it seemed like every time he was in the game, the Vikings didn't really know what to do. I you, regardless, they kind of laid a pseudo egg, the Saints, yeah. and yet still had a chance to win the game. They get a stop. It's like about two. 45 left, something like that. Minnesota's punting to them. They have one timeout left. They don't use it. Right. We've seen this over and over again. This is actually the most egregious version of not using the timeout because by the time the Vikings actually punted and the guy caught it and started running it back, mm -hmm. it also went over the two minute warning. So then they lose that timeout. Yeah. So they keep a timeout instead of just saving the 40 seconds, but then they also blow the two minute warning they finally get the ball at 155. They end up running seven plays. They have the stupid penalty with the runoff. And then somehow keep the timeout. They never they end up using the it. They the runoff. Like, wouldn't you want 21 seconds instead yeah. of 11 seconds? Like, 21 seconds, you could run any play, get to the line of scrimmage, and spike it. 
any play, even a sack, you can get everybody back. Well, You'd be able to figure it out. But they accept the run. They kick the field goal with a timeout left. Especially because you have Drew Brees, who's allegedly one of the best 12 to 15 quarterbacks of all time. Wouldn't you yeah. trust him to throw an out? Three shots at the end zone or an out, get closer, whatever. They made the field goal. That didn't matter, really. But um, not being able to cover Adam Thielen did matter. Yeah, I thought the Saints stunk. And I thought they got outcoached and outplayed. At mm -hmm. the same time, if I'm playing Minnesota in a playoff game, I, nobody's beating me deep. Kirk Cousins can pick me apart 8, 10, 11 yards for the whole game. Fine, keep it going. But you're not throwing over the top of me because if I'm if I'm making you dink and dunk and go 8, 10 yards, eventually you're going to throw the ball to me or fumble or something. Are you talking you personally? or you? I'm saying if I'm running the Saints. Oh, I'm I like, thought if you were on the top. Okay, <laughs> I, I <see. laughs> and yeah. me personally. But... <laughs> I'm just, that's the one way you're not beating me. And then Cousins beat them over the oh. top a couple times. Yep. I mean, Lattimore looked lost on Thielen. And um, I, I don't know. It, it was a weird game. And on the other side, Diggs is freaking out. You know, they're, they're winning the game. But right. Thielen's catching everything his way. And Diggs is throwing a temper tantrum. And then, like, you know, as Aikman pointed out correctly, he's like, oh, I don't know if I don't know if Cousins needs this. This is a tough spot for him as it is. Now he has to look for Diggs. Right. He's not open. They're getting him involved in reverses and stuff. Right. Yeah, when Diggs is behaving like that, I'm sure you felt the same way. My default is just to think about how my son would act exactly the same right. way if he wasn't getting the ball. Exactly. Like, which your youngest kid probably is throwing a tantrum like that. The, yeah. The five-year-old. Oldest, everything. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, I... I'm not sure the right team won that game, but I thought the Vikings absolutely deserved to win it. And I thought they outcoached and outplayed them. But the Saints have to be kicking themselves. Like, absolutely. Kamara had 15 touches total. And it seemed like every time they got him the ball in space, it's it was at least five, six yards. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Breeze, do you know what his playoff record is, lifetime? Uh, what, what, what's I, your guess? A, a little over 500. What is it? Well, now he's eight and eight. Is it eight and eight? Yeah, I remember running the stat this week. Yeah. So Brady was is thirty and eleven now, mm -hmm. or I mean, no, he's thirty and twelve or thirty and eleven. That's right. Manning was fourteen and thirteen. Favre thirteen and eleven. Big Ben thirteen and eight. Hmm. Joe Flacco ten and five. Kurt Warner nine and four. Wilson is nine and five. Rogers nine and seven. All of those guys have more playoff wins than Breeze. Wow. Eli's eight and four. Phil Rivers five and six, and it goes back to that 09 thing. You think about you have that one run and you're just exempt for life. And this happened to Dirk Nowitzki in 2011. It completely changed the course of his legacy. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen it over John Elway in 97 and 98. He went back to back, but you well, see that's it why sometimes. Mike McCarthy's getting an interview tomorrow from the Cowboys, you know, right? Yeah. Like, but think about the Super Bowl coach if it's within the last decade or whatever. If that onside kick in the Colts game, yeah, in the Super Bowl, if they just don't get it, and then we spend the whole offseason talking about how dumb Sean Payton was through the onside kick and blah blah yeah. blah, and this is the end of this Bruce Breeze thing, this would be a really strange career to evaluate. And I, and I do think like he didn't make the NFL hundred, and some people got upset about it, but you know it was basically between him, Favre, and Rogers for that last spot. And in my mm -hmm. mind, he was third out of the three. I just feel like this has happened one too many times for him in the playoffs. And that's why you don't end up making that list. We talked about him. It's funny. Hench and I, and you were invited, but you didn't show up. But Damashek, we talked about the top <laughs> 10 quarterbacks that we've seen. Because I yeah. don't know. You can only go by really. I know you can't 
You can go by a little more than what you see. We never watch Jim Brown. We see the same five highlights of Jim Brown, but his numbers bear out with, you know, versus the rest of the league. But I like to be able to say, hey, Dan Marino, I saw his receivers, you know, super duper and Mark Clayton. He should be held at a higher regard because neither of those guys were Hall of Famers. You know, right. I can't I can't talk about that without a gram. But Drew Brees was ninth on our list. Best we've ever seen. I think you I think he'd be in your top 10 too, but he, he barely makes it. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't be top seven or top eight. No. And even with the great numbers, I mean, he's top two. <laughs> anyway, you look at it, the numbers are uh, phenomenal. When we were growing up, there was a lot of Marino, Elway, yeah. and Montana. Mm-hmm. And then after Montana won that last Super Bowl, when he threw all the TDs when I was in college, whatever year that was, 90 or 91, everybody was just kind of like, oh, Montana's the best ever. Mm-hmm. But then as as the careers went on and on, everybody took their different sides, right? Like Elway was like the the most gifted. Yeah. But just didn't have the supporting cast and blah, blah, blah. Marino was the one that scared me the most. Yeah, man. Like just, what, 420 touchdown pass? I mean, you right. look at, I was looking like Marino. I'm like, all right, who am I missing? Fouts or something? You look at Marino and Fouts. It's it's night and day. I know it's, it's, it's ridiculous how much better statistically Marino was than Dan Fouts. Yeah. We were, we were all texting you, me, Damashek, and Hench over the mm-hmm. week about just how impossible it is to even compare the passing stats. Cause yeah. Staubach made the, basically the seventies QB spot in NFL mm-hmm. 100. He got that spot over Bradshaw. Right. I, when we were growing up, it was Staubach and Bradshaw. They were just kind of together. If you look at the totality of Bradshaw's career, four Super Bowls to two, right. you could argue he get it. I don't really care. I feel like they mattered pretty equally. It was yeah. weird to have one and not the other. But then when you get to the 80s, it was really great how Elway, Marino, and Montana all carved their own way. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I felt I was terrified of all three of them. Marino really, really just made me lose the feeling in my toes. We, if you're up three against him, two minutes oh, left, yeah. you just felt like he was going to come down and score. Mm-hmm. And then we move in this decade. I put Breeze and Favre to me are pretty neck and neck. Like guys who were were you know, from a lifetime record and all the stats and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. really overpowering. But in the moment, it did feel like you could take them, you know, like your team could beat them in the right situation or they might throw a pick at the wrong time. Yeah. The myth of Favre, especially because of Madden and, uh, you know, some of the announcers who just loved him. Right. He really was a little more up and down, especially, you know, especially after the late 90s. Yeah, I was going to say, you take those last few years, especially, I don't know, last year or two with the Packers and then add that Vikings year where, you know, and I think they that was against the Saints, right? Yeah. Like 48, 45 or something crazy. Like that could have, that was backyard football for like 32 games um, for him. But man, Breeze, he's got Michael Thomas, he's got Kamara, he's got Jared Cook. I've spent all weekend on 90 90 different threads about how Brady didn't have enough help this year. Right. All three of those guys are better than any scope position guy uh, Brady had. But the the thing that's amazing to me is just to have that in the dome at home where you would think, like, if anybody has a home field advantage, it's the Saints. And they can't break Kirk Cousins? Right. And I was talking about that. I was like, maybe this is the NHL first round. Maybe the Superdome is in home field. Big advantage. No. Foxborough certainly didn't seem like it yesterday. Like, what are the big, home, you know, Seattle's playing on the road now. They're better on the road. There was seven and one. Like, is, is there anything? What's the biggest home field advantage? What are the top two? Kansas City? 
I don't know. I would say Denver only because of the altitude. Right. But they're not even in the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, we did five, six weeks ago, we did that podcast. We led the podcast with it about home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't seem to really matter anymore. I did. I went 4-0 in my playoff picks this week. My dream of 11-0 is still alive. Somehow I lost money, but I went 4-0 <laughs> with, my, with the four picks. Right. I didn't even really factor in home field in any of the picks. I ultimately, like, I didn't, Saints-Vikings, I thought was a tough line. I could mm-hmm. see it going a variety of ways. But the the Saints at home, it just hasn't been reliable in the playoffs this decade. And it was One more thing about them. the Saints, though, before we leave it. Yeah. The way it ended. Did you think they were going to review that? Or did they yeah, do the Yeah, we should right talk thing? about it. Because if they review it, they have to almost conclude it was a push-off. I'm not, I'm not even thinking because they owe the Saints. Because it was a push-off is, is why they should have called it a push-off. But if they choose not to review it, which was probably the, the easiest, less sticky way to go about it, then fine, the Vikings win. But what did you think? I thought the right team won. Yeah. I think that would have been a really flimsy call to hmm. overturn a game-winning touchdown that everybody already celebrated. You know, the only tight end who ever really got called for that push-off ever in the last 15 years here we go, Kyle. It was Rob Gronkowski. Oh, was, I remember him. Who was just officiated like Shaquille O'Neal. It was just, there are different standards to him because he was so physically ridiculous. Right. But normally they just never call that. And there was a lot of hand grabbing on both sides. For me, what was more egregious was it was so clear that that was going to be the play. Right. They put Rudolph all the way in the top. I think Aikman even called it out. He was you like, could, look at that. They got Rudolph yeah. against a cornerback in the top. That was the Pats. The Pats invented that play with Gronkowski. And they had gone to that twice before, and he, yeah. uh, he had overthrown it. And I had said to Hench and Damashek and Carolla, I was like, Rudolph's making a big catch this drive. And yeah. I didn't think it was going to be the last one. The yeah, one. I mean, it looked like they were going to have this amazing stand. And mm-hmm. you're watching that game with the back history of Cousins, mm-hmm. just expecting him to do something dumb, right? Right. Even on that play, that was would have been the classic Kirk Cousins. He throws the lob pass only. He underthrows it, and the guy turns around and catches it for an interception or whatever. Right. He didn't do it this year. I well, thought, whether, we think, whether we think he pushed off or not, I mean, I think the arms were extended. I've seen it called. You're right. More times than not, it, it's, it, they don't call it. If they choose to review it and then show the replay in that stadium five, six times, whatever, and yeah. then don't overcall it, now you're talking... There could be a, an assault on these referees trying to get out of there. I kind of think they made the right move, the smart move. Did you think that it deserved to be overturned, though? Because I don't know. I what did the, what does, based on what the rule is or based on what they've called before? How about based on what we've watched all year? Like all right. They, well, they, then no, no call, then. They, what they really need to do is get rid of that rule after the season because yeah, probably. they have this dumb rule that they're supposed to be using. They're not using it. And then if they're ever going to use it, it would be this game, and they ran from it. Mm-hmm. So they should just get rid of it before round two. The, right. the Cousins thing, and we've given him some shit on this podcast. Yeah. When the Vikings signed him for a lot of money, our friend Joe House, who um, lost his mortgage <laughs> this weekend, um, he he was just laughing that somebody signed Cousins. He was like, good luck. Mm-hmm. This is the guy you want when you, you know, you're down three to four minutes left and you want somebody to throw the gut-wrenching pick to the other team. Here's right. your guy. And just had completely written off any possibility of this guy ever having a moment. Yeah. And Cousins was great. I, I think if you're looking at MVPs of the weekend, 
he's got to be the MVP of the weekend. For sure. Yeah, I think he's right up there. It really is. I mean, they had a running game that was nice. It opened up some passing lanes because uh, Cook was running and Madison was running. And they yes. did, you know, they they eased him into a, a pressure situation. But yeah, he was dynamite in a big game. And it really didn't make sense in terms of, you know, the, the Saints played all their starters last year, maybe to a fault, uh, last week to a fault. Breeze is in, I think, in the fourth quarter last week. And Vikings sat everyone and looked bad against the Packers the week before. None of this made sense. Phenomenal uh, playoff implications, too, yeah. which we'll get to when we do guess the lines later, where now you have San Francisco gets to avoid Seattle. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than playing the team the third time. But when well, you might play him next the week after. Yeah. Well, that's true. That it could still end up happening. But you play that that third game. Yeah. It just feels like anything can happen. So they get to mm-hmm. avoid that. Instead, they get Minnesota coming to San Francisco, feeling great about this uh huge Saints win they had. I I think that's awesome. And then you have Green Bay Seattle, where the history that those two teams have, Seattle could absolutely win in Lambeau. Sure. And then if you're San Francisco, you go from they're a huge favorite this week against Minnesota. They might have this really strange Seattle team that could barely beat Josh McCown. Let's actually let's take a break and we'll talk about that game really quickly. Hey, did you know you could take a Sonos speaker anywhere you go? It's the Sonos Move, the durable battery-powered smart speaker for indoor and outdoor listening. I have one of these. It's really cool. I put it right next to the TV. Anytime I'm listening to a basketball game, and sometimes a football game too, where I don't like the announcers. I mute it, start playing stuff out of the Sonos thing. It is super easy. All you do is download the app, hook it up. It's got a little indoor charging base that uh, once it's charged, you can basically bring it anywhere you want. I mean, I don't know if you can bring it in your car. I haven't tried that yet, but you can bring it almost anywhere. Uh, Impressive bass, ultra-wide soundscape, clear details for music, podcasts, radio, and more. Up to 10 hours of battery life on a single charge. I can vouch for that. Um, Designed to withstand water, dust, accidental drops, and can wirelessly connect to other Sonos speakers around your home to create your perfect sound system. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. That is Sonos.com. Meanwhile, do you have enough life insurance? It's this thing we all know we need, but keep putting off because it sounds like a pain to deal with. Ladder has made getting life insurance easy. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions online to get a personalized quote. If you qualify, they'll cover you with the click of a button. No salespeople, no paperwork, no waiting period, just the feeling of doing something right for your family. One of their customers even got a policy in the security line at the airport. Ladder has great prices and rave reviews. $1 million policies starting at just $27 a month and policies. Ladder will help you figure out exactly the coverage you need and even let you adjust over time. So you never end up paying more than you should. Take care of your home team. Ladderlife.com slash BS. Ladderlife.com slash BS. Ladder life term policies are issued by Fidelity Security Life Insurance Company, Kansas City, Missouri. Not available in New York. Okay, quickly, the, the worst game of the week was Seattle-Philly, but it did feature... What started to feel like a Disney sports movie, yeah. it was a sequel to The Rookie with uh, Dennis Quaid, where mm-hmm. Wentz gets hit in the back of the head, all of a sudden he's out. Now the Eagles have have pulled off the impossible. They've gotten every relevant player that they had was injured at some point over the last three months. Right, McCown comes in and actually looks pretty frisky. And he's moving the ball, he's doing stuff. 
he's not like a disaster. This was not like, uh, you know, Josh Rosen coming in or something. Mm -hmm. This is like, he's at least competent enough and smart enough to tell what guys where to go. And at some point, this became the classics dumb Seahawks game that they have every week. Kevin Clark does had a tweet that he always retweets when there's a dumb Seahawks game about how the Seahawks have never played a normal game. This one certainly qualified. Yeah. But the Eagles are in this situation where they're driving 17-9, and it seems like they might actually score setting up um, an incredible two-point for not only the tie, but also uh, swinging Vegas, which the line was between two and one all week, right? Where did mm -hmm. it settle? Yep. Where did it settle? One? Uh, it settled at one, yeah. Right. Seattle minus one. And then Josh McCown, Collinsworth did a nice job of breaking it down. He forgot that he was 40 years old. He thought he <laughs> could scramble the end zone and Clowney Clowney from behind. That was it. But well, they had some weird stuff. Like Sanders drops that ball on fourth and five. Ooh. First of all, they had three drives and they passed on the field goal. They had two drives and passed on the field goal each time. I know it's a one score game, but are, are you thinking, isn't it a two score game with Josh McCown? Like, isn't that asking a lot for them to score and get the two point conversion? I don't know. If you can get the field goal with five minutes left, that's one thing. But Doug Peterson. Not sure he's got on second and 14 with 315 left. He runs right from the 17 yard line. Miles Sanders gets a yard. Like, you're really, really not trusting your quarterback here. And then, like, at, first of all, the coaching, I thought it was an homage to uh, Jason Garrett, how bad the coaching was all weekend long. <laughs> yeah. All weekend long. You, I mean, you name it. I, I can't believe like McDermott. For O'Brien, save that one. Don't talk about that one. Yet. I'm just saying, ever for for these teams to be so conservative and win is 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 insane. And then the, and then you got Doug Peterson, the new Philly special, was running on second and fourteen with three minutes left. It was <laughs> it was bizarre to me. I didn't love the fourth and five call only because Josh McCown was the quarterback, and mm -hmm. I I probably would have gone for the field goal. But here's the thing: they had the perfect play. He just freaking flubbed it, dropped yeah. it. That was that seemed like that was going to be like a 15 yard play. Yeah, yeah, he was getting a first down. There so they sure. were obviously saving that play for that moment. Then they had it, and he just blew it. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, I know we're going to talk about the Pats later, but not much different than Edelman dropping that pass on the final drive. But that yeah. was kind of the uh oh moment of that game for the. I got a lot the to Pats say fans. about that. But yeah, you're right with Seattle. Like every game has to be crazy. Like once, once. Um, Wentz went out. They were a seven-point favorite, Seattle, and they were only up 3 nothing on the road. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I was like, oh, they could be up 24-3 here, and that'll be it. But I, I think they let teams in the game only because they had such a fantastic record in one-score games, so they have to keep it at one score yeah. <laughs> to win. It's uh, bizarre, but that DK Metcalf, unbelievable what he's become there. And, and Russ sealing the deal on third and long and just launching one from like 40 yards. What do you have, seven receptions? 160, that's the most for a rookie in a playoff game. Incredible. I have a couple of Seahawks fans in my life who who reminded me that we made fun of DK Metcalf before the we season. We did? Yeah, I think it was it was definitely me. I think you were the other one, but talking about uh, how he was like an... In Maybe you weren't on the pod. I forget who what it was. was it? I was just talking about how he, he was soliciting, basically, people to draft him, and he was doing the Instagram, and I called him an Instagram model. Oh, and meanwhile, right, right, right. Um, Meanwhile, he's like a hundred times better than Nikhil Harry was this week. Hundred times better, maybe not better than AJ Brown, but excellent. And I think he, I think he suffered because he was like a combine hero. He was like seen like, yeah. I think you know who screwed him like that John Ross for Cincinnati who didn't really pan out. Yep. 
um, the fastest guy in the world and then just doesn't do anything, you know, doesn't translate. I think that's, he got a little backlash for that. Well, what'd you learn from Seattle this week? Cause it, to me, it, that feels like that's about as far as they should go from a talent standpoint. Like I think round they, one is about the peak for them. Right. I think they have trouble running the ball. I think Houston has trouble running the ball. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams survive. I think they had 64 yards rushing and 45 from Russ. And I think we could, you know, we could have fun talking about Marshawn Lynch, but he's just not going to be a factor now uh, against the Packers. And we'll talk about it. But, um, well, I think Seattle and Houston are very good comps where mm -hmm. these teams that are obviously severely flawed, they're strangely coached at times. Yeah. They rely a lot on a quarterback pulling a play out of his butt on third down because he's just great. Both of those guys. And then like the one big play receiver and running backs that don't scare you at all. And defenses mm -hmm. that it feels like you can drive on them, you know, a little bit of a frisky pass rush for both teams, but not really that frisky. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought Seattle was lucky that Wentz went out obviously. And, and that mm -hmm. they were playing Philly in the first place. Houston was lucky that Buffalo just Ugh. didn't totally want to take that game. Houston was dying to give it to him. They were like, here, take it. And Buffalo settling for field goals. And meanwhile, Booger is <laughs> making it seem like Josh Allen's having the greatest game any quarterback's ever played. <laughs> talking, talking about his poise and he's amazing. And they're just raving about him. And they're just settling for field goals. And they're letting them hang around. They finally get the turnover. All of a sudden, Watson... It's like he activates a switch, which Wilson can mm -hmm. do too. And then that game flips. That game was so much fun. That was the most fun game, not only of the weekend, no. but in a while. No, your game, you couldn't tell, but your game was the most. That, this no. game was that game, this was, game fun. was the Irishman, honestly. I was like, oh, let this end. No. no one deserves to win. No, it went like an hour too Come long. On. It's, like, it's nice, Watson and and uh, Hopkins and Josh Allen. It's nice they get together for a, you know an ensemble cast here, but... This is an hour too long. And but we, we were watching from Shakey's. Yeah. And watching the, so we have the subtitles with Booger. We didn't have the sound on. <laughs> oh, what a treat that is. <laughs> what a treat. When the guy bats it out of bounds to save it for the Bills. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think you could do that. And then you say, no harm, no Booger. No harm, no foul. No harm. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> that's that's the kind of know-how. That's what we want from an ex-player. <laughs> no harm, no foul. <laughs> he had some great moments. The, uh, the highlight, I think, was when he said they should, he wanted. He called for a spike near the end of mm -hmm. the fourth quarter with one of the teams, and it yeah. was like if the spike would have basically screwed them, and they would have had to turn the ball over. But <laughs> it was a lot of stuff like that. It was, it was to me the perfect blend of of hilarious announcing and uh, and really really bizarre coaching. Weird you're being plays. nice when you say hilarious and bizarre. I know you want to use the other adjectives, but you're being very nice. Well, it's you know. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I'll then, tell you what was hilarious and bizarre is John McDermott, fourth and 27 with a minute 41 and all timeouts going for it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, oh, sure, pass on the 60 yard field goal, but really a fourth and 27, actually. And he <laughs> goes for it. You didn't what like, you didn't like Josh Allen's on? chances? No, I didn't like Josh Allen's chances. I didn't love, uh, you know, Watson on fourth and a long one, probably two. O'Brien calling for up, up the, you know, you don't want that guy in space, right? 
He's got to do a guy like Watts, Deshaun Watson. He's got to go head first. Oh, the, the, uh, the QB sneak. sneak against nine guys. What you the didn't hell like that was going play? on this whole weekend? It was crazy. That was really bad. I, and also, like the 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 kickoff to start the second half. If they call that the right way, the Bills are up twenty nothing. He flipped them the ball. You know, like they just honestly they got together. It's like, hey, we don't want people tuning out of this game. Let's leave it at thirteen nothing. Let's see what happens. But don't you feel like Houston's done? They call that right. I thought that was a spirit of the rule. Yeah. But yeah, they really, that, that game could have, if Buffalo, uh, if Buffalo had uh, protested the game, mm-hmm. they would have lost, but it actually would have been a good thing for the, oh, uh, man. I was looking Whoa. at, at my notes when, uh, <laughs> they, that Watson QB sneak, what does he weigh? Like 190 pounds. Yeah. You it's like fourth and a long one. Buffalo has, like 3,000 pounds of guys lined right up over the ball. And right. Watson goes into them and just immediately falls down. Mm-hmm. And Booger goes, I like the aggressive call, though. It's like, <laughs> what? That was the worst call I've ever seen. And then it turned out it wasn't because three hours later, the Patriots did a fullback dive with a Landon Roberts yeah. on a, on a f- something and one. That was which bad. that was the new worst call of the day that I'd seen. That was pretty bad. But hats off to Watson because that play, that that extended the drive leading to the game winning field goal. Who was it? Uh, Milano and the safety that, I mean the, the one, two hit, it wasn't even like they hit him at once and he spun out of it. Yeah. One guy rocked him. He should have like lost his balance there and then gets hit immediately after and still is able to come free and roll right and, uh, and complete the pass. But that's so, that's play of the weekend. That's why I ended up Russell and I, when we did million dollar picks with house on Thursday and mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of trouble with Houston, Buffalo and Minnesota, New Orleans. I just felt like I could see both sides of each, each case. Yeah. And it just came down to like, I just don't want to bet against Deshaun Watson. I just yeah. don't, I, I, I don't care what the score is. I feel like he's going to pull these plays out of his ass, which is exactly what he does. And when you think about like the future of Tom Brady and even somebody like Breeze, these guys that don't have the ability to save plays like that, to save these third and 11s right. where, oh, my first three things that I thought were going to happen didn't happen. I'm just going to save it and scramble for 15 yards or or scramble around and buy time until somebody gets open. Mm-hmm. The older guys can't do that. No. And Watson and Wilson can do it. And that's why, like, if I'm Green Bay and I'm a Packer fan feeling really good that all of a sudden I hit the jackpot of the Seahawks coming, um... I the Wilson thing would just still scare the shit out of me. Yeah, no, I don't think you are. I don't I don't think they're excited about Russell Wilson coming there, especially after a win. And the, and San Francisco's thinking the same thing. Like, hey, we played Seattle. I think they played him after they lost to Arizona, right? And they had a ton of injuries. Now now you're talking about they win the wild card game if they go in and beat Green Bay and now they're coming to San Francisco. That I don't want to say that's a toss up, but that's really really close game that San Francisco doesn't want to be involved in. It was so funny when uh they were really praising Josh Allen for like two hours. Yeah. And then he kind of lost control of the steering wheel as that game got he literally really tight. lost control of the ball. that wasn't hit. He, <laughs> he like dropped the ball. Yeah. He dropped the ball at one time. The other time he was falling down and lateral to a startled third string tight end. Right. And then on the crucial play when they're trying to get in a field goal range and he took a terrible sack and then that led to the fourth and 27. But, mm-hmm. um, I still have questions about Josh Allen. I think that's fair. Yeah. Right. 
I think he could win on the play. I think it's unfair to say he can't win a road playoff game because he was right there and that could have gone either way. But I don't know what spooked him in the second half. That was that was very strange. You know, that was I think uh, I think the Texans were like an eight or nine to one underdog at that at down thirteen nothing or sixteen nothing, right? You missed JJ Watt mic'd up too. If you're at Shake, I did miss him. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of let's go, yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Why is this guy mic'd up? He made just... a difference. You know what you missed though at yeah. our Shakey's Bowl. Uh, I want to give a shout out to um, first of all, it was like o- only like four of us before. Tall John and John Ham got there. So when it's just four of us, this guy, I could see him eyeball me from across the restaurant. I'm like, oh crap. Comes in. He's like, hey, I need to meet your Sal, right? I said, yeah. He's like, this is the the Shakey's crew the, for, for the fantasy. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I am such a huge fan of yours and Simmons. And uh, you know, I, I just wanted to say, like, my wife and I were coming in from Santa Ana and we're supposed to be the ho- see the Hollywood sign. And we drove by the Shakies, and I said, you know what? There's probably 30 Shakies in LA, but let's just stop in. And she's like, oh, come on. I don't want to stop. She's like, no, let's just stop in. I want to see if they're there. <laughs> and he came in and said hi. And he like, I introduced him there. He's like, he knew all the players. He's like, oh, I know. This is Tony. This Jesus. Is, it, it was crazy. It was a huge, uh, <laughs> huge moment for him. I was like, I don't know who's a bigger loser. Like, <laughs> Um, you for stopping in or us for staying here because you're going to leave right after this. <laughs> or us for spending three hours in a yeah, shake. Yeah, we have to stay and watch and eat this food. Yeah, but, that, that brings us to the uh, Crown Royal. The right call. Last year, right. Crown Royal launched the first off-the-field water break to encourage fans of the game to moderate and hydrate to stay in the game. Whether you're watching in the stadium, watching home, or in a bar, have a great time, enjoy some Crown. Just don't be that person that ruins it for everyone. Make the right call and take a water break. Hmm. Who made the right call this week or not? I'm going to go here. I think the right call was whoever the person was in our league who lost the championship trophy. (laughs) I thought it was a fitting way for this terribly dysfunctional, awful fantasy league to finally end. Somebody lost a trophy. There's a missing trophy. And then we find out one of the people, one of the owners in the, uh, in the league, our friend Elliot. Yeah. He was a lawyer on the opposite side of the O.J. Simpson memorabilia case when all of the trophies and stuff got stolen by O.J. Simpson. Yes. So he's the lead suspect, in my opinion. Well, Damashek, fortunately and unfortunately, has taken 99% blame. He thinks he put it in his car. That later got totaled. Now, I don't understand how totaled did this car get. The, 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 re- the, the trophy is bigger than any of his kids. Like, I don't understand how it got destroyed. But he thinks it's in his trunk and his car got totaled. And that was that. Now, I owe him money, and I'm going to buy a new trophy. I don't know if he knows this. I'm buying a new trophy for the league and deducting what I owe him from that, right? I mean, it's it's. we talked to him today. He's like, I, I understand I lost it, and we want to replace it. But who gives a good goddamn about a fantasy football trophy? I was like, you son of a bitch. Wait, can we why, go back to the part playing? where his car got totaled with the he trophy he in claims it? his car got totaled, and uh, that's where it got lost. This sounds like even Kyle, I don't think, would have told this story to his parents at like his lowest moment in his late teens. Right, Kyle? No, no. Would you have used the, my car got totaled and I lost a trophy? No, no. For okay. a human-sized trophy? No, I don't think so. It, that's absurd. Well, listen, maybe we could put, because we have great reach here on this podcast, can we put out at all, all points bold in? Like, if if you run a junkyard and come across a, a trunk <laughs> with a, a fantasy football 
trophy with stupid team names for the last 24 years, uh, please, please reach out to us. Well, that's kind of the bummer, though, right? All the team names were It is there. a bummer. I think it's a bummer, right? Yeah. Unless unless it's a sign that we should just fold this terrible league that... Oh, uh, it's for sure a sign, but we got to It has going. to be a sign, right? All right. What's your uh, great call of the week? I don't know. You know, usually I like to give it to a coach, but I, it's impossible to give it to a head coach this week in the NFL. Um uh, Ricky Gervais lost his mind tonight. That was fun. You know what? You know what I'm going to give it to the director of uh, the movie 1917, which is the best. I, I have you seen it? I have not. It's uh, the only one out of all the award contenders I've not seen yet. Well, I don't know. I recommend seeing it in a movie, but it might be the best movie I've ever seen. I still don't understand what I'm looking at. I'm going to watch it again. It's phenomenal. It's one of those no cut movies, but they you know they claim there's cuts in there. Like I'm like. This is magic. I don't know how this is happening. It's hours and hours of different sets and picturesque backgrounds they've never seen before. And, uh, and of course, it's a great war movie also. So I'm going to give it to uh, that director, Mendez. Uh, I think you might have just gotten on the poster. This, is, this was magic. Cousin Sal, the biggest podcast. <laughs> well, uh, Best war movie since Saving Private Ryan <laughs> would actually make sense. Might be it. Maybe it was. <laughs> Uh, Crown Royal reminds everyone this football season to take a water break and moderate to stay in the game. All right. The moment you've been waiting for since mm. we've had this podcast since 2007. Yeah. It's your chance to have the official funeral for the Belichick Brady era. Go ahead. No, I don't want to say anything. No, no, no. You should start it off. People waiting to hear Listen, what you say. I told you. For weeks and weeks that this Patriots team was not good. And everybody thought I was reverse jinxing it and doing all this. I I don't know what else I could have said, what other warnings I could have done. We, I told House, we were on text threads. I was begging you guys not to bet on the yep. bats. We lost to Miami in week 17. Ryan Fitzpatrick went 80 yards down the field at us. I use that as a negative, as a positive, as a fueling week 18 kind of thing. But. Ugh. They just weren't good. They couldn't move the ball. And, you know, now it's turned, obviously, shifts into this whole what happens to these guys, which everybody knew was coming. And is Brady going to leave? And I know you have the odds. But well, they have odds. You let's, wanna, talk, you, let's talk about the game first, though. Okay, go ahead. Did the right team win? I See, that's the thing. I don't know if the right team won, but you could say we were bad, we were bad, we were bad, and I told you so. But you could have easily won this game. You could have won this game. Zero really points. Zero points in the second half. That's that. It was a problem. I thought they'd get at least three. Uh, I think you have Coach Vrabel going out there, and he's smiling. He's beaming. He's like, you know what? I screwed Belichick over at his own game. I had a tight end of nobody heard of. A tight end, the one position they couldn't fix. The Patriots. Uh, what was his name? Ferkser from yeah. Harvard. The first guy from Harvard ever to score a touchdown in the playoffs. Tight end scoring's got to get under his skin. Uh, the fact that the, the they scored with two minutes left, under two minutes left in the first half, that's Patriots football. And then that game with the clock, not going for it on fourth and four inside the 40. Again, we see this, not wanting to put a team away, but he does that thing with the clock that Belichick did, I think, to the Jets earlier in the season. And he's like, you know what? It all worked. Except I don't think it worked because within two plays of that, the Patriots were right where Tennessee punted. Yeah. And Edelman drops the pass on second and six. If Edelman doesn't drop that pass, you're one first down away from kicking a field goal and winning the game. That's got to, you could say you were bad, and I thought that Dynasty would end on the road against Kansas City, but that's got to hurt. That means you should have won that game. The 
play calling all year has been dubious. Mm. And then you saw that that huge third and one or fourth and one. I can't even remember. Was it third and one or fourth and one, Kyle? With Landon Roberts. Oh, it was fourth and one. Yeah, it was fourth. The fullback dive up the middle to Roberts. Yeah. Was I I, I just would have I don't even if I if I was Belichick and that was the play, I, I just I don't know what I would have done. You dump a Gatorade on McDaniel's head, but but actually hit him with the bucket too. I I just can't believe that was the play. Oh, this will take him by surprise. First of all, yeah. the fullback dive never works anyway, and then you're running with Roberts. But then the the sequence inside the five yard line, mm-hmm. if that didn't sum up the Pat season, they just couldn't they couldn't score enough points in these games all year. It was such a struggle for them to score it. And this is going to piss you off. I'm going to go to a soccer analogy here. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. The way the Pats were wired this year offensively, and it was partly because of of the some limitations Brady has at this point as a quarterback, but then also the skill position guys, the lack of a deep threat, the lack of a tight end who could run down the middle and catch a 20-yard pass, uh, the lack of any running back with big playability, all that stuff. They they were like a soccer, they were like a possession soccer team. <laughs> they start in the back and they just try to string together 14 straight passes in a row to get a shot. Right. Whereas you see these other teams, you know, like Seattle today, it's like, hey, here's an idea. We'll just throw it downfield to TK Metcalf. Maybe he'll catch it. Um, mm-hmm. They just didn't have the ability to, to ever make a big play. In all well, the big they plays did. they did they make. Big play. And you, you curse Brady on text. And then you're like, when is he going to make an accurate throw? And then he threw a nice one down the seam. Yeah, 30 yards. And it got called back on well, another dubious call. Another stupid, what was it? Uh, ineligible down downfield. Down yeah. Number right. 69. Yeah. I, I never know about that one. Um, but the, the, you know, they did another trick play in the game. Mm-hmm. It's it just, they, they didn't have the horses. And Hench and I were texting a lot. And you go, all right, so what happened? Is it, is this a short-term thing? Is this something that could be fixed? I personally think it could be fixed because you look at the Sanu trade. They gave up a second-round pick. He's either a D-minus, an F, or an F-minus, depending on how you're grading him. Mm-hmm. Nikhil Harry over Debo, DK Metcalf, and a whole bunch of other receivers. Whether he's going to be great or not, he just didn't help them this year. And you look yeah. around, these other rookie receivers help their team. Brady can never get on the same page with them. Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb. Who would you rather have? They took the wrong Georgia running back in that draft. Waving Antonio Brown over just putting him on the exempt list. And now we have to carry his cap salary and that whole thing. And just the whole Antonio Brown, everything about that, that was kind of a Hail Mary with a crazy guy. But don't you think, and I think I'm making the same point as you, but don't you think Belichick's like, okay, we have to get lucky between Jacoby Myers. He was a rookie, right? Fourth round, fifth round. Jacoby Myers. Nikhil Harry, Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, Mohamed Sanu. One of these has to pan out. Absolutely one. We screwed up by not upgrading, not upgrading, not replacing Gronk with, with anyone suitable. Well, and so that was the other thing I was going to say. No Gronk replacement. Well, that's it. And, and you look at all these teams, they have at least decent tight ends. You know who right? we had was Hollister, who every week makes yeah. big plays for Seattle. Right. So I, know. I, I think everybody thinks the Pats are done and it, and they're dead and it's finished and we're and let's move on. We finally got rid of them. I just think it was not their year. And I, I think it would be foolish to write off this team for the rest of eternity. They still have talent. They still have Belichick. They still have the ability to make some moves mm-hmm. in the offseason. I personally, I know we're going to do the odds with Brady. 
I think he stays. I no, think, you think he stays now? I do. I, I looked at it did from every angle. Did you change your mind the last six hours? I, I did. Thought, oh. I changed my mind. What happened? I think this is all an orchestrated PR thing that he's doing to try to put pressure on mm -hmm. Kraft and Belichick to actually go get some real offensive weapons instead yeah, well, of just patching it anyway. together. I think they, he's... Why does he have to threaten to retire to do that? I mean, it's obvious they. they I don't think he's going to. I don't. I don't think he has any intention to retire. Yeah, I think uh, Tennessee is the spot. I don't know where they are in the odds. They have a quarterback who's all their quarterbacks are free agents after the season. Oh, you're talking about where he might go. You're saying he might not stay. Well, I'm just saying if you're him. And you care so deeply about your legacy. You're already the greatest quarterback of all time. The only real thing you haven't done yet, other than put some of these records away, is to prove that you could win a title without Belichick. So if you're actually going to do mm. that, you're not going to go to, like, I don't know, Miami. Tennessee is not even on this list for, uh, I'm looking at, like, 17 teams. He's not well, on this Tennessee list. Tennessee has, they need a quarterback. They don't technically have one under contract. They're a top eight playoff team right now. They have weapons. Yeah. Mike Vrabel. Um, it's very Patriots-ish-y. So I think yeah. they would have to be on it. I think the Chargers would be the other one because that's the one team. If you're just talking about what NFL team would overpay for him. Right. You like, think Brady's like, I want to throw to Ferkser. They got a tight end. I'm going Brady, to Tennessee. Brady's like, who's that Ferkser? Do you think <laughs> he'll go to Cabo with me? I want to throw to him in May. <laughs> The Browns are eleven to two. The this if he doesn't go to New England. If not, the Patriots. Browns eleven to two. Panthers six to one. Las Vegas Raiders. Wow, that's weird to see. Six to one. Chargers six to one. Cowboys seven to one. I mean, that's come on. Uh, Colts eight. Tampa Bay nine. And then you got Denver, Minnesota twelve. That's stupid. Minnesota. So I think the Colts are another one. That would be my third. My top three would be Titans, Chargers, and uh, Colts. Hmm. Here's why All I right. say the Colts. This is based on nothing. Colin Coward keeps throwing out the Colts for Brady. Colin mm -hmm. Coward loves Chris Boward. I think they're probably friends. It feels like he's got inside info. You're going to have really? to corner him on the FS1 in the office. All right, I'll find him. I feel like he knows something. I'm going to track him Because that's such a random team to throw out. Like, the Colts? That doesn't make sense. But then you think about it, you know, they have great offensive line. Mm -hmm. I don't know if their skill position guys are marketably better than the Patriots. You know, if T.Y.'s on the field, they are, but T.Y. Right. seems like he gets hurt every year. Mm. But um, I think the Chargers are the, the, the his one chance to get like $50 million for two years or something. Yeah, well, that's come to California, save this franchise. We can't sell any tickets, so that's... No, yeah, we'll you, make it what you just while. said is the key part, can't sell any tickets. Yeah. Because you're talking about seat licenses and... Right. All the stuff there. That stadium's launching next year. Who the fuck are... Nobody cares about the Chargers here. Yeah, but are people that dumb? To, I mean, Brady's not going to play six years in LA. It's LA, though. It's a, LA is, cares about stars. It's going to be one it's year. It's like Tom Brady's on the Chargers. That's a big deal. You yeah. Know? Well, it's not going to happen because, first of all, to retire, the no is minus 1,000. Um, wow. These are Belichick's no is minus 1,500. Win total with Brady is 10. For um, next year, for next year, if he's if he's there, if he's a, if he's a Patriot, the win totals ten. The division, you want to guess what the AFC East is? If if Brady plays, Pats are probably still minus two hundred. No, oh, wow, good call, exactly minus two hundred. 
And there you go. And then just that he stays in New England, yes, is minus 200. So I personally would rather see him retire than go to another team. Sure. But just from a selfish standpoint, I mm -hmm. also, 75% of me wishes he would retire just because I think he's had, already had the best career ever. He's made plenty of money. Um, Get out with your health. Don't have that last year like what Manning had with Denver, even though they won the Super Bowl. That I... I, nobody wanted to see Manning like that that last year, right? No, I know. But don't you think part of him I, is, I know exactly what you're saying, but don't you think part of him is like, nothing could be worse than losing a playoff game on a pick six. Yeah, but the thing is, once the year's passed, nobody remembers the All last right. year. Do you, can you name the last year for like any famous athlete? Like you always gravitate toward the good memories and the good stuff. I'll remember this one. <laughs> the picks well, because it's, it swung uh what, we'll get into that. That's part of my parent corner. It's <laughs> it swung a lot of stuff. Ugh. I uh I 43 year old Brady next year, I just don't know how dominant that quarterback's gonna be, no matter who the weapons are. And if the case is, well, if you gave him awesome weapons, it's like, well, couldn't you say that about 20 quarterbacks? Yeah. If you gave I mean, if you Ryan Tannehill yeah. some weapons, he'd be good too. Like you I, had Austin P on your schedule the first two months, so consider that. So I, I think it's going to be a struggle to get to ten wins. And well, you Bills know, are right there with you. Unfortunately, the fact that the Brady thing became such a soap opera immediately after, you know, obscured some of the shit that went on with this Pats team. Like the fact that their defense, I still don't totally understand what happened. How this defense lost the ability to get stops and. You know, Chung Chung, who had trouble staying on the field all year, he goes out. The backup comes in and immediately gets torched by the. That Harvard was the Tannehill. one good play Tannehill had. He right, really what do you have? Seventy-two yards otherwise, and then you got superhuman Derrick Henry running on you. Right, but you know that, and a lot of people made this point: when the guy's running all over you in the playoff game, it doesn't necessarily ever lead to points. It just that, leads right. to them having the ball all the time. Exactly, but like they only scored fourteen points. We should have been able to beat that Tannehill. Probably made three really good plays. I thought he was starting to get shakier and shakier as second half went along, but the yeah the team just didn't have it. I think you need to go up ten nothing so to force Tanhill to throw. That's it. That's all. So it was interesting how I handled it versus how nephew Kyle handled it. Kyle's still devastated. It looks like he lost his dog, his car, and <laughs> our fantasy trophy. He's just in a complete funk. I. I I was at the house money of this whole thing for a while. This is two full decades of this. This is incredible. And, and you know, if it if if it's over finally, then it's over. I never expected it to end that great. I talked to Rosillo uh on Thursday's pod about how it was like the bird parish McHale Celtics. Mm. It hit a moment where it's like, oh yeah, all right. The magic's not totally there anymore, but what a run. Well, and I feel that way about this team. And I'm sure like you think about those style back Cowboys and <laughs> no, it, no, but at some point it ends, you know, and then I you know, have Danny White as your quarterback. If you're like, oh, well, we, we were the greatest and now we're not. So just uh, we'd we rather you be upset. Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls are we supposed to win? And Can I, and you I, pretend to be upset at least? This is so boring. I knew this team didn't have it this year. Do I think they can come back next year and go 13 and three and be in the hunt again? Yes. Oh, all right. I do. Okay, well, that's foolish. I like that a little bit. Why is that foolish? Not 13 and three. I, I really think your days of 12 wins are over. I, I, I do. I think that first part of the schedule was stacked so, you know, you had such bad teams on there. 
the first eight weeks. I mean, I'm not betting thing. against Belichick. I think they're right. I think they had a couple couple shaky drafts. I think they played a couple moves this offseason that just didn't work. And that shit happens. And if anything, it shines a bigger light on how unbelievable it is to have the kind of success they have. So many things can go wrong. You know, 2008, they had the best team that year and Brady goes out in eight minutes. And you would think that would have happened five, six, seven times over the course of this last 20 years. And it just didn't happen as many times as it should have. I just thought he was going to throw the kitchen sink at Tennessee. I just think that like it showed me more about Belichick that he really didn't have answers. He really could have beat one. This he game is definitely a winnable game. Throw the kitchen sink at it, fill it with the, uh, deflated balls and and spy cams and whatever you need to get it done. And he didn't. So you think more cheating? Yeah, yeah, definitely more cheating. They didn't cheat. They obviously didn't cheat uh, against Tennessee. The coaching was really subpar. And that was another thing that got swept mm -hmm. under the rug. You were mad at McDaniels. You're, you're like good. That play calling was bad. It just was bad. But um, the thing, and I think they would have lost anyway. The game was almost definitely over, but that thing where you where you try to block the punt and you put everybody in the line and you have nobody returning it and yeah. then the ball rolls to the one yard line to officially end the game, I just don't get that at all. Well, I think we were very young the last time we saw we heard an announcer say they're bringing everyone and then it was blocked. Right, and I then it actually got blocked. The other thing is Edelman wasn't even part of that pass rush. He was like in no man's land. He was at like the thirty five anyway, right? What is he what is he doing? It was terrible. Play? It was just bad coaching. And I think there was some arrogance with how they put together this year's roster because one of the weird things about it was they didn't have a kick returner. Mm -hmm. And you watch, you know, the uh the New Orleans kick returner today really kept them in the game. And at the end of the first half, is that yeah, great return sets up the field goal that Lutz ends up missing, but he single-handedly pulled three points out of the sky for them. Yep. And the Pats had Patterson you know, the last couple of years who was great at that and, uh, and didn't have that. But, you know, you think about it's all the little stuff that just started to turn on them. Dumb penalties. Watson's 40 yarder getting called back because of that. Pen yep. Like that's the stuff that usually didn't happen with the Belichick teams. It usually happened sure. to the other team. It was D Ford jumping off sides or encroachment, whatever he did last mm -hmm. year. And they're relying on that. So I would, well, I sorry. would urge everyone. I'm sorry not you're not upset. I really am. I would urge everyone, how can I be upset at this team? I think we should have done this last night. I think it would have been uh, more genuine. Kyle can vouch. I was not that upset last night. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Kyle, I mean, I was upset, but I wasn't. Then. I was upset that you weren't upset, to be honest. Well, because yeah, I, I, was, be I wasn't surprised. Tears. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> if you lost 28-3, it's one thing, but that's not how you want to go out at home in a game you could win. I, the, the, it would have been worse, in my opinion, to pull that one out and then get absolutely annihilated by the Chiefs. I would have hated that way more. Really? Good point. Losing to Andy Reid. You like, lost well, a dynasty to what's probably going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now you lost to Fitzpatrick and Tannehill back to back. I don't feel like the dynasty's over. I do. I think I can't do it. I, everyone, I apologize. Everyone listening. I'm trying to I'm trying to get something out of them. I can't do it. Maybe I'm in denial. <laughs> I the way I we're gonna get to it in a minute, but I definitely took this loss harder than you and I'll I'll tell you why in the parent corner, but well, <laughs> whether the only way this dynasty is actually over is if one of these two people leave. Mm -hmm. If Brady, Belichick, and Kraft are all there next year, and they go and they spend money on a tight end, you know, like they is Kyle Rudolph available? 
I remember yeah. there was a split second during this spring after they drafted Irv Smith when it seemed like Rudolph was going to become available. I was like, oh my god, that's like the perfect Gronk. I don't think he really panned out, Irv Smith. Yeah. He, he he did he was doing so didn't he have a big block today or something? He did. Or yeah. like a big pass interference or I think you need more than a big block on this team. <sighs> it was a great run, Sal. I don't know <laughs> well, what to tell you. No regrets. Congratulations on the loss. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Disgusting. It's a great 19 year. You don't understand, like the first 32 years of my life, they were yeah. an embarrassment. They were the Jets. They right, stunk. I know. Well, they could have been an embarrassment this year. Keep that uh, mental case, Antonio Brown, on the roster, and uh, you, you would have won. You would have been playing next week. He definitely would have made things more interesting. He's he's making it interesting now. He's trolling you guys. Oh, is it all all the teams that he almost played for are out now? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's <laughs> uh, we'll take a break, and then we're gonna do guest lines. Here's a New Year's resolution that you'll want to stick to. It's time to stop wasting time at the post office and use stamps.com instead. If you listen to me dating back to the ESPN days, God, the BS report, 2011, 12, 13, whenever we started doing stamps.com, that's when I tried it. And that's when I realized, oh, cool. I don't need to go to the post office anymore because anything you do at the post office, you do at stamps.com, invoices, send thousands of packages a day, whatever you want. Print US postage 24 seven, for any letter, any package, any class of mail, for anywhere, and then just drop it in a mailbox. Or put it, if you have one of those mailboxes that's attached to your house where you put it on top of the mailbox and the mail person takes it, you can do that too. With stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail, a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. So stop going to the post office. Make this your New Year's resolution. Go to stamps.com instead. No risk. Sign up. Stamps.com, promo code BS. You get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in BS. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. You know, before we do guess the lines, we talked about the Pats that whole time. Shout out to the Titans. I, You know, they, they did everything they had to do in that game. And I thought Henry was... Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it's, the one time he slipped in the backfield was really the only time you could <laughs> keep him. Uh, it, it wasn't scary. When I was a kid, the Pats made the playoffs in 1978. Mm -hmm. And I think we probably had one of the three best teams. But then our coach, Fairbanks, it came out that he signed a deal to coach for the University of Colorado. Mm -hmm. Like right before the last game of the season. And it just like kind of fucked up the season. But we had a home game against Houston. My dad actually took me to that game. It was me and my dad and my uncle Bob. I forget who else. And we played Earl Campbell and Dan Pastorini in the Oilers. Mm -hmm. And Earl Campbell was just running through us. And Pastorini had a couple of long passes. But I just remember like them being unable to tackle Earl Campbell. Right. And just this horrible uh, Pat's memory of just like filing out of the stadium all sad. And the Derrick Henry thing reminded me of that. Wow. Where it's like, oh my God, this fucking guy. Jesus, again? Oh. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Dan Pastorini has a, like a 1-900 number where he sells picks. <laughs> Is that true? Shout yeah, out to true. Dan. So there I think you go. Dan's, I'm doing this from memory, but Dan started the game with like a 70-yard touchdown. Really? And uh, and it was just one of those playoff games where the crowd's all fired up and then immediately they're like, uh-oh, oh no. Um, 
So, that was yeah. a good team. Guest Alliance. You want to talk about Garrett before we do Guest Alliance? I He's, don't know. I just, uh, I, I honestly, didn't it seem like like <laughs> Jerry saw the Eagles play for a quarter, albeit without their starter, and was like, oh my God, we lost a division to this team. It's like, let's make it official. Jason Garrett's got to be out. But What did they um, talk about for a week? What did we talk about? What do you mean? No, what did... Oh, they they had three meetings. What did, what did what happened in these meetings? I think what happened was and I have a little bit of inside information, but I don't mm. know. Well, who knows what's true anymore? But I think they're like, we want to put you in the organization somewhere, and he's like, I want to coach. Like, all right, come back tomorrow. We'll fit, figure out a better fit. And I think there was like two meetings of that, and finally they're like, you're not coaching. Well, I don't know what to tell you. So either you're part of the organization or you're not, and that was that. And then I'm in. I hope and pray he ends up on an NFL team next year so we can make more jokes about the Clapper. I know, it'd be good. Just go to the Giants. Just go. It'd be great. I also think McDaniels and the Browns would be mesmerizing for a lot of different reasons. Do you think this is like NBA? This is the equivalent. I was talking to our friend Alec about this. This is the equivalent, like Black Monday in the NFL is the equivalent of NBA free agency. Where it's just like a free-for-all? Yeah, and it's just exciting. It's a different kind of excitement, kind of away from the game, but still part of it. And, you know, these guys are fired, and there's all kinds of talk about where they're going to go. Because you don't get football free agents. You, you get it, but it's not It's not like this, you know? It does feel like that. And the, the other piece of it is that you're not just acquiring the coach, you're acquiring some sort of philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. like, if the Baltimore guy is going to get hired, the OC, Greg Roman. Yep. Mallory doesn't want to admit it, but it's going to happen. <laughs> and whoever hires him, he has this proven track record now of creating these really great offenses for a specific type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, these athletic quarterbacks that can do a whole bunch of different things. So if you're an owner and you hire Greg Roman, then <laughs> then I think you I think you go after Taysom Hill. Yeah. I think you're like, hey, man, you know that guy who comes into the Saints games and he's awesome every single time? We're building our team around him. Yeah, right. I don't know what the fans would do. The fans would be like, oh, okay, cool. That sounds great. Why wouldn't it be good? Like, well, we discussed this. And it's like people compare him to Lamar Jackson. Like, well, he's not, he's no Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah, okay, he's not the best player in football. Fine. Right. He could maybe still, you know, no, but there, offense. there's a certain type of identity you could have with a quarterback like that. I would sign him. Sure. I think he's, better than at least 10 starting quarterbacks. But if you sign mm-hmm. somebody like that, it's got to be part of a whole bigger master plan. Like mm-hmm. that's what made it so funny about, you know, like when Jacksonville signed Nick Foles, but then they had Fournette. And it was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> why do you have, why do you have this guy who does one thing, but then you have this power right. running back and you see that over and over again, where the teams put together almost like a fantasy team over. How about this? Forget about philosophy. I want a, a, a coach that could win a game. How, uh, Jason Garrett didn't win one game on his own in the last eight years, I don't think. Right. And, you know, Belichick, I, I don't want to put him to Belichick standard, but he won, Belichick won dozens of games on his own, you know? Jason Garrett, forget about like the one score games, he was 0 5 and stuff like that, but they cut his balls off too. He wasn't running the offense, wasn't really running the defense. So what's he in charge of at this point? Like clock management? How much respect are you going to get from your team? How much, you know, motivation are you going to have? And how are you ever going to be able to win a game like that? You have so, to be, it seems like you have to be good at one th- one thing. Yeah. Like, what's your one thing? Like, Belichick ultimately defense is his thing. And, you right. know, and obviously all the little things and all the stuff that he brings to the table. But at its heart, he's a f- defensive genius. Mm-hmm. 
Like, what is Jason Garrett's thing? Nothing. I mean, he was a good quarterbacks coach. He did, got along with the quarterback, and then the offense you know, a, followed with the people person in, in sort of good flow, like, and then that fell apart, and they took that from him. So, what what's the point anymore? Jason's in his Giants interview. They're like, Jason, what's your one thing? And he's like, I I'm a people person. I like it's, to clap. I click. Um, I click with my players. Yeah, I can learn how to juggle. If you want me to ditch the clapping, or uh, I don't know. It's like Freddie Kitchens, when you were the coach of the Browns, what was your one thing? He's like, I was the coach of the Browns? I had no idea. I'd happen? do Freddie for Jason straight up. Freddie for Jason. There's a horror movie. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> it's, it's a horror movie, literally. <laughs> I hope the clapper stays in the NFCs with the Giants. It, from a comedy standpoint, it is by far the funniest outcome. He owes the Cowboys that. And it seems like there's been enough stuff floated around that it seems like it's not inconceivable. No. Let's see it. That'd Good shakeup. Well, you know what else is inconceivable? Of round two guest alliance, where we have four home favorites, all favored by more than three points, I'm guessing. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. Can't remember the last time that happened. Really? If usually there's the three big favorites, but then there's the one that it's... It's a field yeah, goal or two and a half. Year, Was it? So, yeah, well, last year, Kansas City played Indianapolis. Patriots were favored over the Chargers by like at least four and a half, right? That was so, lower, though. Remember that? That Remember that line went down to like four? Did it? All right. Rams were favored by a, a touchdown over the Cowboys. I don't remember New Orleans over Philly, but that was that had to be over four. Yeah, I think. maybe. All right. Well, you shot my point down. Well, you know what? I, I will say this, as long as we brought up last year. I, I was always under the impression that one of these buy teams or two of these buy teams comes off sluggish, but it didn't happen last year. Casey put up 31. Your Patriots scored 41. Rams scored 30. Actually, maybe the Saints. The Saints ended up with 20. That was a back and forth game. Philly maybe should have won that, knocked them out before they uh, lost to the Rams. But So maybe there is one team you got to look out for here. I think we have four good teams. I'm going to list the four. Three of them had buys, the Ravens, Chiefs, and Niners. Mm-hmm. I honestly think the Titans I, I've been saying this for weeks and everybody thinks I'm full of shit I think the Titans are really good Yeah, and I didn't understand why that Pats line was five I'm sure the, the Titans line this week against the Ravens is gonna they're gonna be getting a ton of points mm-hmm. and I think they're good I think they have a good team I, they are you, good but you, you what you said what people saying it's true it's like you have a great running back. It's going to take you a while to score. I think you in your head have the vision of Ray Rice running 80 yards on you and just a bunch of those plays. It doesn't really happen like that. You know? But I thought the Patriots defense, other than uh, you know a couple of fuck-ups and the fact that they couldn't tackle Henry, but like they completely took out A.J. Brown. Yeah. He wasn't even mentioned in that entire three hours. And that guy was basically doing what D.K. Metcalf did today. Well, that's they what I mean. They ended up with... 20, but they, they had 14 the whole they really had 14. Yeah, points. they really had 14. He, the last touchdown. Yeah. Although Logan Ryan did drop a pick six earlier. Yeah. That would have been bad. Um, all right. So we have four games. What is the I didn't look at the times of when the games were. What is the so earliest? Same, the Saturday's the same as this Saturday. It's uh 435 and 815 on the East Coast. Minnesota at 49ers, 435 Saturday Eastern. Okay, we'll start with that. I picked the Niners by eight. I probably went too low. No, I went higher. I said eight and a half. It's only seven. Oh, Vegas impressed with uh, Kirk Cousins. Okay. 
just so. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is going to be done thanking God by Saturday at 1.35, 4.35, but. I don't know if you saw the clip online of Kirk Cousins with his team after the game. I did. With yeah. that, where he ended the big speech by screaming, you like that? And the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. team went nuts. Seems like they like him, except for Diggs, who hates everybody. Yeah, Diggs was home already. He was already <laughs> they were like, hey, hey, Diggs, congrats on the win. He's like, man, I didn't get the ball at all. Yeah. He's like, no, no, we won. <laughs> we get to play next week. Ah, oh, man. I was open like five times. And <laughs> Diggs might appear on Parent Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Dig, What's he doing Digs uh, Digs versus my son. I don't know. I don't know who's more reliable. So, so you're scared to put the Niners on a teaser here? No, you know how I feel about the Niners. I, if yeah. I, I've I showed you with my giant Super Bowl bet on them. Mm -hmm. I think this is a nice spot for them, and I'm not afraid to put them in a teaser. Okay. Kirk that Cousins, Vikings defense, that Danelle Hunter, that always scares me. That that if they if they get hot, that's the only thing I'm thinking. The Niners top to bottom are better, but a little scary on defense. They definitely got a really nice push from from uh, their front seven, but it does seem like you can throw on them. Mm -hmm. And I, I I just don't understand that how Kamara is not involved in the game today. So bizarre. He had a nice last three weeks, month. And just then uh, just play the nothing. hits, man. We're in the playoffs. That guy's yep. got to touch it at least 25 times, right? Yep. 25 minimum, 17 runs and eight catches at minimum. And then every t if I'm on the other team and I'm playing the Saints and he spreads out wide like a receiver, I'm like terrified. Mm -hmm. I have to cover him with a linebacker. It's, I don't know, the genius yeah. Sean Payton. Pretty rough. Niners seven. Over the Vikings. All right, what's the late game on Saturday? Late night? game Saturday night. There you go. Tennessee at the Ravens. It's a fun one. Tennessee oh, Lamar. Look at the primetime. Two Saturday nights in a row for the, the Titans. This game will be cold. Mm -hmm. How cold do you think? I'm going to look this up right now. Saturday night in Baltimore. Right now it's 35 degrees. All right. Oh, Wow. It's looking like 65 degrees next Saturday what? in Baltimore. Well, during the day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that still dips to yeah. like, that's great though. That's good news for. I don't know. Who's everybody. that good news for? Who do you know? Derrick Henry run killed. It's hard to tackle him in cold weather. Yeah. I had the Ravens by nine over the Titans. We split this. I said nine also. Nine and a half. It actually opened at 10. It's down to nine and a half. That's absurd. I, too much. Too much. Nobody believes in us here. I personally think the line should be six. I added a field goal because I knew the Ravens, Lamar, by week, home, all that stuff. But I mm -hmm. think the Titans are good, and that's, this line's too high. But if the Patriots offense is a, I don't know, five or six, you got to give them that much. What's the Ravens? I know you don't like that they don't have a deep threat, but Ravens are still an eight and a half, nine, right? I guess. I just think we have to see if Ingram's playing also. He's really said the Titans getting killed? Probably not. Oh, they better lose. I'm starting to get excited about being 4-0 in the playoffs. That's good. I've I'm never done the 11-0. I think 0-11 is just as... 0-11 uh, is awesome yeah, to play for you. Yeah, big of an accomplishment. Well, I would advise people not to uh, tease or part right. with the Ravens. What is the early Sunday game? Sunday's Houston at KC. It's late. They're cheap. Uh, they're treating this like it's a conference championship time. 3.05 p.m. Eastern. 
is the first kickoff Sunday, Houston, KC. 305 Eastern. Interesting. So then the second one, 640. I think I might have gone too low in this. I had the Chiefs by eight. We both had eight. We both went too low. Chiefs, nine and a half. Oof. These are monster numbers. Oof. The Texans is- beat them. Probably the best game they played all year. They beat them in Kansas City already this year. It's tough because it's one of those things where the Chiefs are up 20 to six, like early in the fourth quarter, and you're feeling great. And then all of a sudden, Deshaun goes off and it's mm-hmm. 20 to 20 or however it ends up. I think, though, if you're a Chiefs fan, I'm friends with Chiefs friend Trevor. I was like, out of the three possibilities, you were going to play either the Patriots, the, the uh, Houston, or the Bills. Yeah, I've, this I've is talked the one. to a couple of Chiefs fans. They're like, this is, this is the best scenario. Yeah, I, no question. Yeah. For the high lines with them, though, I do wonder with the with the weird running game they have, whether yeah. they can run. run that defense leads. has been so good. I mean, I think they've allowed like uh, eleven points a game over the last six or something. Man, it's all set up for Andy. That's another mm-hmm. theme we could have talked about today. Andy's got the worst team left in the playoffs. He's playing in round two at home. Yeah. Although, how many times has he blown the spot gambling wise? I hope he doesn't. I mean, I'm okay with any NFC result now. See, that's a problem. A lot of people complaining now that the uh, now that the Patriots are out, they have no one to root against. I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I would, I could make a Minnesota Seattle conference championship game. That could be interesting, even though it's not preferred by the networks. But don't deny us Ravens Chiefs here, right? Let's. I want to see that next week. Ravens we Chiefs is great. Yeah, Niners. Against either the Packers or the Seahawks would be fun. The Seahawks, right. the, all the history they have. And then, you know, Rodgers won Super Bowl, has been back since. Mm-hmm. Going against the team that passed them up. It feels like that's just kind of destined to be the game. Right. And then we have to see the clip of him at the draft for a month. I want to see Jimmy G and then uh, I don't really care. And then I want the favorites in the AFC. That'll be fun. Who do you, who do you want Tessator and Burger to call in the Australian uh, television feed for the Super Bowl? <laughs> What's the best one for you? We oh, lost man. Boston Scott. Oh, uh, there's no Boston Scott anymore. Can Boston Scott get picked up by the Niners? Is that too, it's too late, right? <laughs> the Australians are going to be like, why does Booger <laughs> keep talking about Jimmy G's poise? <laughs> What is poise? I've never heard that word. The Australians are going to be like, uh, we're rooting for your Iran in the war. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What a mess. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Last one. It uh... <laughs> was a fun one. Packers Seahawks in Green Bay. Did you see that thing? They interviewed Wilson right after the Seahawks game. And he and Michelle Tafoy broke the news to him that he was playing the Packers. He intentionally didn't look at it. He what? had no idea really? who won. Yeah. And he's like, So you're going to Lambo next week? And he's like, Oh. He's like, I I didn't know who we were playing. I I didn't mm. want to know. I didn't want to think about it. And he's uh, like, Well, I wrote down the the playoff scenarios on a pad. It's in my hair somewhere. <laughs> His hair's looking great. I love it. I love it too. It's unbelievable. Uh yeah. So great history with them. You know this game's going to be weird. Mm -hmm. The Kevin Clark rule that all Seahawks games have to be weird combined with the fact that all Seahawks Packers games really have to be weird. Yeah. I put this in the Vegas zone. Just out of principle, I I have Packers by four and a half. I had to. 
All right. I had to win this to tie, and I did. I said four, and it's down. It's three and a half, actually. Oh, boy. One of these teams, Houston or Seattle, that can't run the ball. I know Russ can run the ball, but that, that don't have running backs that are, are prominent. It's going to gonna get blown out, I think. You know, you know my theory about how I would never spend a high first-round pick on a running back unless it was Saquon Barkley, and I would mm-hmm. never... I would just never spend money in a running back because there's five on every team. Yeah. And three guys get hurt and the four stringer comes in and then that guy's awesome. And it's like, why do we right. care about running backs? I think Homer might be the line. <laughs> the guy in the Seahawks. I got, yeah. Because <laughs> I was rooting for the Seahawks because I wanted to go 4-0 and for the weekend. Right. Every time they handed off to Homer, I thought something bad was going to happen. He took a lap. Yeah. It just seemed like it was like just to, especially because he fumbled early. Mm-hmm. But when they were inside their own tent and they did that pitch to him, yeah, I almost had a heart attack. There was some weird stuff. There was some weird play calling. Just a, like a lot, lot of wide handoffs, and even a Dalvin Cook like pitching the ball to him left, and he's like scrambling, he's running through tackles and everything. But uh, uh, yeah, Homer's right there. Homer's Homer's a a, a twelve hundred dollar daily fantasy player. <laughs> Lynch, who every and he had the TD today, but is clear that he's got what ten carries a game in him max. He had six for seven yards, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, that's the thing. He can't be on the field all the time either. The Packers, I think, are going to look at that tape and go, "Okay, they're not going to be able to run on us." We just have to double DK Metcalf. Watch out for that stupid Hollister and those little crosses. And then don't fall asleep with TJ Lockett. Put yeah. a spy on Wilson and try to get a lead early and make it so that um, that's it. Just put the heat on. I just don't know how good this Packers team is. I, I've, I've been, I've never seen them play four good quarters. Always seems like they're good for about a half. All yeah. the advanced metrics on them all say that they should have won like nine and a half, ten games and somehow won 13. You know what's weird, though, about them? They they haven't lost in a while. They win ugly, but their last loss was, it was a bad loss to San Francisco, but it was like, it was like seven weeks ago. Right. Um, and the Ravens are the only other ones in the boat. That boat are still alive. 49ers lost to the Falcons. Minnesota obviously had their trouble last two games. Tennessee lost to New Orleans. Houston bought, right? They lost. Well, they didn't play their starters. They lost the last week. I don't know. I, I, I'm not ruling Green Bay out. They they could smack them up here. So if you had to say one of these four games is a blowout, which one would you pick? I'm gonna say Casey Houston, and you know why? Because I'm going. I'm looking at the coaches. I'm like, who's the worst coach here? Yeah. There's not a. There's not an absolute worst coach, but I think O'Brien's luck runs out here. I think O'Brien's offended that you don't consider him to be a worse coach. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I take it back. O'Brien's like, why are you giving me so much credit? I'm terrible. <laughs> he somehow has won the division like four out of five years. But yeah. <laughs> I've, I've fallen behind by double digits in my last two home playoff games. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we do uh, Parent Corner, from a gambling standpoint, I had an interesting situation today. Yeah. Where I had a couple teases. And... The, and the Saints just had to win by, they were, I had the Saints teased to minus two in a couple different ways. You made the right call. You were Talk probably to a coin house. toss away from winning both ways. I middled it for half of what I was going to win with the just Saints winning by two. 
Mm-hmm. So the Vikes were plus seven and a half. Let's call it what it is. You were about to win $50,000 and then you put 25 that No, it wasn't them. So I'm rooting for basically a close game and I'm getting it. And then the Saints score at the end and <laughs> I win the Vikings plus seven and a half bet. So I have now right. won one yeah, half. As soon as it goes to overtime, bet. you won the plus seven and a half for sure. And then I freeze and I don't tell you going into the overtime. I just want out. I've already won my money on this Viking seven and a half. I just want out. Give me, give me another whatever on the Vikings to win in overtime. And that way I will definitely not lose money. And guess what? I didn't do it. You know, what's interesting. Put this in your book. You would have, I know you're right. You would have gotten plus money. The saints lose the toss, right? They lose the toss. The Vikings are getting ball. The saints may not touch the ball and ultimately didn't. And the Vikings were plus plus one twenty. So like, how do we not do that? Well, we should have jumped on that. Of course, the team that may not have to give the ball over should win. My uh, The best man in my wedding, Jeff Gallo, huge Vikings fan. He's been on this pod before. Mm-hmm. What a gamut of emotions for him during that game. Oh, yeah. And it got to the point where um, heading to overtime, he's just assuming this is going to be the worst Vikings loss of, <laughs> of all time of the last three years since they <laughs> seem to have one every couple of years. And then well, they... Yeah. He was more impressed and excited that they won the toss than any other part of the game. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. It's like, oh my God, we won the overtime toss. Yeah. That's so un-Vikings. And then for Cousins to come through, but then to have, to get stuffed twice and then have this touchdown in the end zone to win the game, that all of a sudden seems like it's going to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. And then that would have been the all-time classic Vikings loss where the touchdown gets overturned. They kick a field goal and then the Saints score a touchdown. They lose. Right on the correctly interpreted right. bogus pass interference call, whatever. So anyway. Well, I'm happy for Gallo and I apologize to Stefan Diggs. I know he wanted his team to lose, so he could have made a point. Stefan Diggs. What are you going to do? <laughs> He's like, he should be a character on Friday Night Tykes, the show my son watches, <laughs> where everyone just flips out on each other. He might be. He might be coaching <laughs> one of those separate. Cousins, Cousins just has to be like, how did I get into this? Yeah. All right, we're uh, we're going to take a break, then we'll do Parent Corner. As always, Parent Corner is brought to you by CarMax.com, where you can explore 50,000 CarMax certified vehicles nationwide. Search filters, they make it simple to narrow down options, especially the ability to search by budget. You might remember nephew Kyle finding a Mustang he was interested in. He felt so confident about choosing it because it was CarMax certified. Oh, yeah. What does CarMax certified mean? Well, they rule out millions of vehicles with their vetting process to select only the best to become CarMax certified. You can even look at the vehicle history report, which is what Kyle did when he was trying to do the Mustang. He went there for a test drive, did the whole thing. They helped him with the financing. He even got Max Care, an optional service plan that he could add for additional coverage after CarMax's 90-day, 4,000 limited warranty. It all worked out really well. He named the car Maxine, and there you go. CarMax. Check it out. We'll talk about them in one second. Let's do Parent Corner. Sal, you have the floor. All right. So let me start by saying um, my middle kid's a little quirky, 12-year-old boy, but really wasn't meant to be a, a middle child. We're uh, looking for new schools for him for uh, for middle school. We think he needs smaller classes. I don't want to get into it too much, but you know, he'll probably need a little more attention. So doesn't want to get uh, swallowed up in like a big junior high school, middle school. So we, uh, we take him out and we, he does an interview. They interview him first, the intake person, then 
we have to be interviewed. And so when we go in, the first thing the woman asked me, she's like, so Jack told me about the two of you, so me and my wife. And it's like, and you, she looks at me and says, you are a gambler who is on TV. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. She's like, do you, uh, you care to explain yourself? I really felt like I was on the stand. Thank God. This is a few good men. So I explain myself. I get to a point where I think she's okay with it. And she should be, whatever. I'm making a living uh, talking about gambling on TV and the, on the podcast and everything else. So that's okay. But you could tell he's just a little upset uh, anyway, or a little confused about what what the hell I do for a living. All right, fast forward to this Patriots game. Now, um, I know you want the Patriots to win. I'm actually okay with them losing 14-13 because I have them on a adjusted line parlay. I have the Bills plus nine already in, Patriots plus three and a half. I adjusted that a little more. So 14-13 is fine. I'm really okay with that. And it's looking like it's going to be 14-13. And in addition to that, on Lock It In, I go up against Todd Furman and Clay Travis. And Clay's big bet, and if this doesn't hit, I win the week. His big bet is the Titans over 19 and a half points, okay? Which in the second half, it, 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 you're not even going to sniff a touch. It's like nothing even close to 19 and a half. So right. even if they go 17-13, I lose my adjusted line parlay, but I'll win the week on Lock It In. And then... That miracle punt goes down to the one. So then, so then the punt, the punts the, in the air, and you're like, "Hey, where's the kick returner?" Oh my god! Oh and wait, I'm the, like, there's no, there's no, no kick returner. This. And now I know. Now we're gonna see 47 laterals, and it's gonna end up in the Patriots end zone. I'm gonna lose. No, no laterals. Just one terrible pit, whatever, bounced off the receiver into the hands, and I scream. And I'm pretty good. I know you think I'm bad. But I'm first of all, most of the losses are like in Corolla's warehouse. I'm watching. I can run to a different room and let out my emotions. Um, or if it's the Cowboys, you know, the 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 you know the what do you, what do you call it? the uh, Blood Diamond game was very upsetting. There's a few <laughs> others. But Blood Diamond game. I let out three solid, loud, scary, blood curdling f curses in a row, running throughout the house. And lock myself in my office. And here comes our middle child, 12-year-old. It's like, what happened? We lost everything, didn't we? Dad lost everything, didn't we? And mom's like, Melissa's like, no, no, no. Dad just didn't want Clay to win. And Clay had 20 points because of that touchdown. And he was, no, we lost everything. He's like, he's arguing with her. He's worried that we lost everything. I then have to have a conversation with him. I'm like, this is it. This is rock bottom for me. He thinks I'm a loser. And I know he's going to go telling people that we lost everything Saturday night. And uh, we did lose almost everything, by the way. But uh, no, not, not everything. There's some On left. that parlay. But uh, so that's it. I had to have a talk with him. And then my oldest one is like, this is why you don't bet the Patriots. Why couldn't we just enjoy the end of the dynasty? You have to now lose money and everything else. So that's my parent corner. I have a, a very bad problem gambling problem. So the Patriots one more time cost you money. They one more time. Yeah, that was it. Dating back was, to it, it came full circle. The Rams Super Bowl was the first time they really stuck it to you. You're right. Shit. Yep. This should be a chapter in your book. Yeah, I know. I'm just uh, and oh, I'm over 19 and a half points. Come on. That's that doesn't that's awful too. What Did, the hell? Also, wasn't that uh, it was an awful play by Ben Watson Gronk's replacement. Well, was it? that him? Is that him off uh, who it bounced off of? I thought that was him. Yeah, maybe. So he was supposed to start all the lateraling. I don't know what that. What was the design there? 
I what if the lady during the interview had said to you, so your son, so your your son tells me that you're a terrible gambler. <laughs> Would that have been more offensive or accurate? Um I think that would have been bad because then she would have been like, how are you going to pay for the school? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I should just go to her and tell her, look, we're out. He's going to public school. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. Well, speaking of degenerate uh, 12 year olds, my, uh, my son, he's, he was still on break this week. He's finally, thankfully going back to school, got a skateboard for, um, for Christmas that he's been, on mm-hmm. every day. And it's just a matter of time before some sort of terrible injury happens. But he also got some, you know, some Amazon gift certificates for Christmas because he's he still has right. one, two, three. He's got five grandparents still alive. And uh and decided to um to go on Amazon and make an order. The backstory is we banned him from playing video games because he was playing this game Madden KO which is part of the Madden where it's like this KO. It's it's basically like playoff overtime. And mm-hmm. you're going back and forth against whoever. And he's been playing all the time and he gets really upset when uh, he just throws tantrums when things go wrong. And we would just hear him screaming in whatever room he'd be playing the, the game in. And all of us had it. So we took his controllers. Mm-hmm. One of which was broken pretty badly. The other one, like one of the buttons didn't work. So he decides... He goes on Amazon to buy two controllers, but they're not for him because he's not allowed to play anymore. He's buying them for me. That's right. where he started. He said, Dad, <laughs> I bought you new controllers. I didn't. I don't need a new controller. Well, nice. you might need them. I'm like, I know these are for you. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so then the full Amazon order comes in today, actually. And there's more than just boxes for the controllers. Here is, the, here is his entire Amazon order. Two controllers. Oh, no. He bought a fancy headset that allows him to talk to whatever weirdo on the internet he's playing the game in. Uh, a new iPhone case, which is apparently made by Bape. He said this is important. Is Bape, what's Bape, Kyle? Is that bad? It's like an expensive brand. You could say streetwear or something. Uh, All yeah. right. Well, he bought what is that. What's that, Bape? B A B E? B A P E. Oh, P E. Yeah. All right. Now here's where it gets really good. He bought himself MMA gloves. <laughs> you are in trouble <laughs> because he's been thinking about MMA and he's doing moves and he wants to wear the gloves. He's been watching the videos on YouTube. Nice. And he thought it was time maybe to get some gloves. You're not going to believe this, but he put them on today and just started beating the hell out of me. <laughs> so that that's going to go great. That's going to lead to my first uh, child abuse case. Yeah. We're not done yet. <laughs> he bought the world's largest gummy hot dog. What? Apparently there's this hot dog made out of gummy bear. And my my <laughs> daughter said he wanted to buy the world's largest gummy bear, but it was too expensive. And the world's largest gummy hot dog was only $15. <laughs> so he bought that. And then last but not least, he bought himself an MVP trophy. Mm. Okay, so why did he do this? And this was like a $50 trophy. For our fantasy league? No. <laughs> that would have been a great, great thing. <laughs> he plays football on the trampoline. He brings mm-hmm. the football in there. He plays hip-hop videos. And he pretends he's in the NFL playoffs and throws the ball and dives and jumps and has these whole has these whole game, you know, long games in the trampoline. 
<laughs> and he decided at the end he needed a trophy because he wanted to accept the trophy <laughs> after these games. He wanted to have a trophy presentation. Wow. So, That's great. So so now he is in the trampoline for an hour. By the way, he's in amazing shape from this freaking trampoline. Yeah. And finishes whatever bizarre one-man football game is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then presents himself the backyard trophy. Were you watching it? Was it a big I ceremony? haven't seen it. He just he explained it to us why he needed an MVP trophy. Now, was there a chance that he lost and would not um, <laughs> I don't present know. himself with the so trophy? So I don't know if the other side of this imaginary <laughs> one-person game, if that side wins, whether that person gets oh, a trophy. Good. He didn't explain that part to me. Yeah. So to recap, two, two uh, dual whatever controllers for the PS4, mm -hmm. a headset, a bait by phone case, MMA gloves, the world's largest <laughs> gummy bear hot dog, and an MVP trophy. That those were his Christmas presents to himself. Oh, that's great. That I is don't know. so good. I think he was I think it was should have been an MVP trophy for being the MVP of Parent Corner this season. Cause <laughs> yeah, he absolutely. really took it to another level. He's, He's the completely insane. I would say <laughs> the over under on when he punches either me or Kyle in the balls accidentally with his MMA gloves on. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be, yeah, the trophy presentation's fine. You just need, you can't have them have the gloves on. That's great. We were watching the Pats yesterday and Ben is just out of control and he's yelling and, and Kyle turns to him and goes, Ben, I am so tired of your voice. <laughs> <laughs> 12 year old boys. You're asking for trouble, Kyle. That last year before no puberty. Way to get a trophy. That last year before puberty, they really go off the rails. And yeah, then now all of a sudden they're going to, you know, nine months from now, they're just going to disappear in a haze of 45-minute showers and locked right. bedroom, whatever the hell is going to go on. That's good. But for now, for now, we have one-man trampoline football games and MVP right. trophies and kids thinking that their dad has uh, lost everything on one gambling game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he won't be wearing those MMA gloves in the shower when he goes through puberty. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're a mess. We're in trouble here. Uh, all right. Well, that was it for Paracorder. Don't forget at CarMax, the price is based on the car, not your negotiating skills. There's never any haggling or pressure to buy. Just ask Kyle. That's how he ended up with Maxine, the new love of his life. CarMax has Kyle covered with a seven-day money-back guarantee. He had a full week to make sure every little thing about the Mustang that he got was just the way he liked it. He decided it was. He also had a limited warranty, which covered the vehicle's major systems for 90 days and 4,000 miles. And then he also got the Max Care service plan for additional coverage. You could be the next person who's as happy as Kyle is with Maxine. Just go to CarMax.com and explore 50,000 CarMax certified vehicles nationwide to get started. Uh, Cuz, what do you have to plug this week? <laughs> I don't know. Lock it in 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern on uh, FS1. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live is back every uh, weeknight on ABC 11.35. And against all odds, we're going to go over all four playoff games and pick winners. Is Clay, Clay's in Tennessee, right? Yeah, he is Nashville. Yeah. So what's he going to be like this week? It's terrible. Like Bonetta says, I'm like, we have to root for the Patriots. And she's like, no, no, no. It'll be fun to keep it going. I was like, no, this is going to be unbearable, unbearable with, with this shithead. Sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, going to wear headphones. I think the whole week, every time he speaks Titans, Texans, Vikings, or Seahawks. What underdog do you feel the best about money line money line wise? I hate to say it, but the the Titans. Yeah, I agree. Damn, how did this happen? 
I agree. We know four favorites aren't winning. Right. So it's only a matter of time. All right, cuz. First podcast in 2020. Good job by you. Good job by you. All right. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Thanks to Sal. Thanks to Sonos. Don't forget about the Sonos Move. Indoor and outdoor listening. Impressive bass. Ultra-wide sound scrape. Clear details for music, podcast, radio, and more. Designed to withstand water, dust, accidental drops. Enjoy up to 10 hours of battery life on a single charge. This is one of my favorite things that I got in 2018. Just for the record. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. And... Before you leave, remember to check out Ladder. If you're married or have kids or a mortgage, you should really consider life insurance. Even if you already have some, through work, doesn't matter. Ladder has a super easy online process, great prices, and flexible coverage you can adjust over time. $1 million policies start from as little as $27 a month. Visit ladderlife.com slash BS. Ladder, two Ds, life.com slash BS. Back on this feed two more times this week. And don't forget about the rewatchables in the book of basketball as well. A lot of podcasts for you this week. Sorry. I'd like to give you great content every once in a while. Until then. <laughs>